Hey, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. I can't hurt my friends. Can you help me out? Murder bot. Hit the theme music. All right. Tight. I can't stress. Um, not to, we're not going to get too far into her at this moment, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the the dialogue between Mickey the robot and uh, its owner. Yes. Um, probably like super like you can get the character I'm sure from the text mm-hmm. in the audiobook. It's so fucking cloying and and just like it's it, it hurts it like every time they speak to each other, you're just like oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's awful. In my mind, it was Bimo. It, it sounded like Bimo. Mm-hmm. I wish it sounded like Bimo. Instead, it sounded like like. Owner, I was a bad boy. <laughs> Daddy. And they were being like, are you okay? And every time we're just like, Ugh. Uh. Welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To uh, Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gallant Radio. This is the only explicit comedy literature podcast mm-hmm. available, period. Yes. Fuck yourselves, overdue. Yeah, you wish you could say things like fart. Anthony and Jared. And you wish you could say things like Anthony Burgess. I wish they say things like uh, Jared Fogel. No, that's not right man. <laughs> <laughs> you took that in a different direction. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Those two are one and the same, right? Anthony Burgess and that guy who... Yeah, let's not talk a- about Anthony anymore. Burgess? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I wouldn't even joke about that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair like, enough. Anthony Burgess is a smart writer. Like, right, yeah. right. Anyway. Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. Uh, yes. Uh, what the fuck do we do next? Gabriel, if we want to tell the people out there, if they yes. enjoy this fucking tr- lost train of thought. Yep, this runaway uh, train. To just hit one button for us. Mm-hmm. It's a little button that says five stars. Yeah. A little button that says subscribe. Uh-huh. And a little button that writes out a review complimenting us. Yeah. It's one button. The one button, the review button. The it autofill. The ro- or just, uh, serious, here's what you can do. If you, I want you to press one button to support us. Mm. Now it can be a diff, like that one button repeatedly. For example, mm-hmm. give us a five star, um, give us a five star rating, uh-huh. and then make your review only autofill with the words "slow readers," and then see what it says afterwards, mm. and then you know it'll be a great review. Oh, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what that will be. I should do I that. I wonder. Yes, and Gabriel, yes, thank, you for, thank you for telling them to do that, but I want you to do one more thing. Uh-oh. Is Who it a plug? Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every night. Ooh. Sorry. Um, I, yeah, I also can't talk. Yeah, I have... So there's my mouth, and also I feel like I have that high-pitched E in my ears over and over again. Mm-hmm. Apparently that means I'm losing my hearing, but it's happening more and more often. Yeah, you're losing pitches in your ear. Audio yeah. producing. Anyway, I'm Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer. <laughs> and if you want yourself a frozen strawberry lemonade made of a ton of vodka in the Studio City area of Los Angeles, California, come to the bar at Oyster House, where I'm one of the bartenders. Let's hear that one guy who is like, I like mine sweet. Oh, I think sweet. The owner. I was a bad boy. Papa. Yeah. Uh, Co-host, who are you? <laughs> I am Daniel Gonzalez, yeah. an audio producer, editor, writer, and author of fiction. Totally. And this is our show. Yeah. Gabriel, mm-hmm. now let's pump the brakes for a second. Us? Yes. There's two things I want to do before we talk about this book we're going to talk about. Okay. Because we will be talking about, we're mm-hmm. continuing. Sure, sure. Anyone can tell, there's no surprise at all. Nope. In the title. Uh-huh. We're doing Murderbot Diaries Part 3. By Martha Wells. And it is called... Rogue Protocol. You got it. <laughs> Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. But bef- there's two things I want to do before this. If you'll, if you'll indulge uh, you, if you'll indulge me, thank you. Sure, Daniel. Gabriel, we've always said that when people review the show, mm-hmm. we're gonna read them out loud. Oh, we got a new review, Gabriel. 
We got two new reviews. Oh my! And you know what? Are they both Johnny No Thumbs? They're not all perfect. Yay! <laughs> I am so happy to Gabriel. Okay. I am so, I am so. You're, you over proudly the moon. present. I, I proudly present two new reviews, full written. Mm. That's not a phrase. Oh no, <laughs> full written. Uh, no, like w- with words, right? Okay, 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 okay. So, okay. This first review mm-hmm. is from somebody named. I think uh, you'd say it Jimbo's. It's J1MB0S, kind of like sure. Jimbo's, I guess. The title, Only One Listen, uh-huh. four stars. Oh. I searched my podcast app for The Bell Jar. It was too much like two friends talking about a book they read. But they started talking about Johnny No Thumbs. <laughs> I love that part of the show. Yes. I may or may not have found his Twitter account. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thanks, Jimbo's. Th- thanks. Uh, I, I do want to. I had to reread this. So the second line, it was too much like two friends talking about a book they read. It's like touche. <laughs> you, you got us. It's like that's that's the, that's the, that's the. I mean, that's the premise of the show. I got him. Sick nah, burn. We're not professional critics. No. We're, it is literally a show about two idiots talking about a book they Pretty read. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> So that I want to that's going to thank be, you, Jimbo's. We really appreciate it. That's the that's going to be the pull quote on the thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was too much like two friends talking about a book they read. Love it. All right. Gabriel, next one. OK, this is from Lady Finney. OK, uh, the title is moderately entertaining, but <laughs> but OK, three out of five stars. OK, OK. <laughs> one of the guy's favorite overused phrase or whatnot. Makes me cringe every time he opens his mouth. Hello, is that me or you? I think that's me. Okay. Or or whatnot. That sounds like something I would say. Sounds like something I would say too. So we're not sure who it is? No. Okay. I, I, I think it's something that I would say. Lady Finney, um, please write at us. Write, um, uh, tweet at us. Which one is it? Is it me, Gabe, the high-pitched one, <laughs> yeah. or Daniel, the lower-pitched one? Uh, and also, also, Lady Finney, I just have to say, now listen to that syntax. Okay. One of the guy's favorite overused phrase, or whatnot, makes me cringe every time he opens his mouth. Oh my. So, are you trying to say that every time, uh, if it's me, if I say or whatnot, that makes you cringe? Or every time I open my mouth makes you cringe because Could those be are both. two separate things? Mm-hmm. Uh, read a book, Lady Finney. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lady Finney, thanks so much. Is there any more? No, that's it. Lady Finney, thanks for your review. Thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. I, I love it. Jimbo's seriously sent. Uh, my Twitter is Top Gallant Radio. Uh, spelled like it'll be in the show notes or whatever. Yeah. Send me that 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 Twitter account because uh, it might just be Johnny No we're Thumbs. We're big thumbs. We're big thumbs. Of Johnny no thumbs. <laughs> big thumbs of Johnny No Fans. Gabriel, listeners, so seriously, obviously, yes. please write reviews for our show because we love it. We love it. That was fun. Yeah. I, I, I brace myself for something far meaner than that, and you know what? Love it. Yeah, they are they are legit critiques. <laughs> Moderately entertaining makes me so happy. Moderate, well, what do you got? Mediocre talent? Yeah, medium talent. <laughs> medium talent. Um, Bill Murray to Chevy Chase. Yes, when the, in the infamous fight they had when Chevy Chase returned to Post Night Live. Yeah, Gabriel, amazing. Thank you, thank you for going on that journey with me. Yeah, of I, course. I love reading reviews. Me too, Gabriel. But let, <clears throat> let's get back on the subject. Let's do it. Too <clears throat> I have it. to like clear my throat. It's mm-hmm. kind of mugging in here. Yes. Gabriel, yes, we have, we, I have a little bit of research I'd go to. Yeah. Um, About Rogue Protocol? So, yeah. like Because essentially, uh, this is the third book in the series. The first one, I went into Martha Wells. And the second one, you went into uh, Tor.com, its publisher. Yeah, and Tom Doherty. Uh, and I don't, I, I kind of almost didn't have anything to really go into, but I did find something. Okay. Uh, first, let me just reiterate for people who might not remember or for whatever reason are jumping mm-hmm. in now. Uh, Martha Wells, a speculative fiction writer, uh, Texan-born, author of the Books of Roxara. Texan. S- series. Sure. Uh, two step, technically, it's the Books of Roxara 
series, not the title is Books of Rockstar. Anyway, okay. Uh, two standalone fantasy novels, a Star Wars novel, some fucking Star Wars Stargate novels, Stargate, uh, and the hugely successful Mar- Murderbot Diaries Diaries series. Oh boy, mm-hmm. uh, from Tor.com and like you know some other like a bunch of other books. How, how old is Martha Wells, Daniel? Um, I I want to say I'm gonna. I think she was close to sixty ish. Well, it's Maybe kind like of wild 50s. that she's really finally hit the big time with this this series of sci-fi novellas in her sixties. Yeah, uh, she she really became good for her. She started publishing like really like like. No, like like 30-ish years ago. I think her first novel came out in like 92 or 93. Never too late, guys. Uh, that said, her, obviously her greatest contri- contribution has been the head writer for the 2018 Magic the Gathering expansion, mm. Dominaria. Naturally. Dominaria celebrates 20 years of Magic the Gathering by returning to the secondary world where the tales of Urza and the crew of the Weatherlight took place. Daniel, next time you have to do research, just do research on that Magic the Gathering. Series. I almost did. That, that was it. However, I would have been very curious. I found something slightly more interesting. Okay. Although I know more it's impossible. More than Magic the Gathering? <laughs> Uh, some uh, there's a phrase in there that might have actually caught your attention. Is that and whatnot. Yeah, and whatnot. Yes. And whatnot. Mm-hmm. Speculative fiction writer. Yes. Gabriel. Uh-huh. Speculative fiction. Sure. This is like the second time in the history of slow readers that we're really kind of addressing this quote unquote genre. Sure. Um, the last time we did, well, we did uh, Margaret Atwood's uh, The Handmaid's Tale in like episode fucking like eight or some shit. Yeah, really early on. Uh, who and. Uh, Atwood has, has uh, not, uh, infamously referred to herself as speculative writer as opposed to science fiction writer. Yes. Uh, so I just I did some like light research into speculative fiction. Okay. Uh, for what this is, uh, it's kind of used as an umbrella term for j- uh, genres like fantasy, science fiction, horror, superhero, etc. Sure. Basically, uh, involving anything like supernatural, fantastical, impossible, or you know anything that doesn't actually like exist in this world. Gotcha. Uh, authors like Robert Heinlein and Margaret Atwood, meanwhile, have used the term to kind of separate themselves from being called just like science fiction writers. Okay. Uh, for Atwood, speculative fiction meant that her stories didn't have, a, in like, she kind of uses a phrase like, she, like Martians don't invade Earth in her stories. Okay. Um, she said, and, I, and this is really, it makes a lot of sense if, for people out there familiar with Handmaid's Tale. Uh, nothing in that is is essentially invented. Um, because oh, like yeah. everything from that is like has happened in history, yeah, historical fact. But like it's kind of, but it's told in like a weird speculative fictiony kind of way. That's cool. Uh, Heinlein, uh, speculative fiction uh, author of Starship Troopers. Yeah, Starship Troopers, my favorite book. Yes, <laughs> it's that's a favorite uh, movie it's, for it's sure. Irony, awesome movie, great movie. Uh, basically, he used a speculative. He called himself a speculative fiction writer to basically like not pigeonhole himself to publishers and audiences. Sure. And actually it fucking worked. Like yeah. he, he, he wasn't just writing science fiction. He wrote like a bunch of things and it's made because he was like, I'm a speculative fiction writer. Gotcha. All of his erotica speculative. Got basically. It. I like. probably wrote erotica. I don't know. <laughs> uh, basically in like the 60s, 70s and essentially in like the mid like double aughts, like authors started using that phrase to essentially differentiate themselves from like the regular genres and also kind of like give themselves more of like a, like a serious or literary kind of like air to them. Sure. Know? In, um, in the brief wondrous life of Oscar. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which the character makes and a large number of cringy statements. They'll ask, like, um, like someone will ask him, so what are you into? And Oscar will be like, I'm more into the speculative genres. <laughs> it's like, and, and then even the narrator, you and you're just like, ugh. <laughs> it, it, it can be kind of like a, a, a pretentious kind of term. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. I kind of like, like, like no, I love it. Speculative great. fiction. I'm like, you know, I like that. Sure. I want to call myself that a speculative fiction. Go ahead, fiction Daniel. Writer. Do you. Gabriel? The term is I write a, romance stories. The term is as old as Euripides and mm. his most famous play, Medea. Sure. Uh, uh, written around, which was written around like 431 BC, which gotcha, I can't forget gotcha, that old. Gotcha, gotcha, uh, Which, by the way, for people who aren't familiar, the play uh, fictionally speculated the titular Shamanus, 
killed her own children. Mm. Uh, the children were typically depicted as being killed by Corinthians in a typical like history folk tales essentially sure. of the thing. Um, Shakespeare is also con- uh, has contributed to the genre with *A Midsummer Night's Dream*, uh, which is it a tale or dream? Midsummer, *Midsummer Night's Dream*. Dream. Okay. For mm-hmm. some reason, I was like, "That's not right." Is Someone it? a no, winter's right. tale? No, dr- *Night's Dream*. Yeah, *Winter's Tale*. Uh, the, that which actually wove together like historical and mythical characters from around the world and kind of put them in the same location. Cool, like Alan Moore. Now, yeah, it, it's very Alan Moore-y. Mm-hmm. It's no, noted um uh, influence on William Shakespeare. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's a fucking witch. He probably traveled in time. <laughs> uh, here is what I wrote down: a boring but very accurate definition of so speculative I'll, fiction. I'll take a sip of wine during this. Speculative fiction captures both a conscious and unconscious acts aspect of human psychology in making sense of the world hey. and responding to it by creating imaginative, inventive, and artistic expressions. Cool. It goes on, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) All right. All right. I I read this and I was like, I hate this. And I read it. I'm like, "Eh, that's kind of right. Such expressions can contribute to practical progress through interpersonal influences, social and cultural movements, scientific research and advances in philosophy of science. Okay. Filled with a lot of I hate. This is copied from like the Wikipedia page. Sure. I'm sure there's probably like really fucking solid like books and articles and such like written on the subject of like what is speculative fiction. Sure. But. I just use Wikipedia. So. I'll ask my dear friend, who is a literature professor. Yes. Ibrahim Omar. Eeb. Uh, one last thing. Speculative fiction can be abbreviated as specfic or mm. SF, which does not differentiate itself from science Sci-fi. fiction. <laughs> sure. Gabriel. I don't like the spec. Yeah, I don't like that. Specfic. I don't like that. It's, it's like too much. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. So we're reading the third book mm-hmm. in the speculative fiction series yes indeed this is the one with uh, carrie russell and philip seymour hoffman essentially yeah yeah um uh, uh the fuck rogue protocol rogue protocol gabriel yes daniel can you enlighten us mm-hmm. with what this goddamn book is about Alrighty. So as we learned prior, Murderbot is our narrator and protagonist. Murderbot is a security unit cyborg, basically a robocop, who has hacked their own governor module, meaning that Murderbot is one of the only constructs, basically a robot cyborg in this futuristic society, who has autonomy. Yes. Not not that Murderbot, Murderbot wants to advertise that, but Murderbot's basically free. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the beginning of this book, Murderbot is trying to... Um, in a way, he feels a debt to the people who freed him as one of his teams. Yeah, Dr. Mensa. Dr. Mensa, okay. and um, who's from the preservation colony, like a, a like a forward progressive colony. Yeah. So what Murderbot decides to do is he, is they, sorry, decide to go to this, um, what is it, an outpost, a mining outpost? It's a, a terraforming outpost. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So the organization that basically was hunting Dr. Mensa and co who a murder bot helped defeat. Yeah. In the first book. Yeah. yeah they are, um, they took over this terraforming vessel, like a, um, almost like a planetary kind of thing uh-huh. that this company, gray Chris had taken over to do illegal mining. Yeah. So what murder bot decides to do as a solid for Dr. Mensa is to go there and get some data for them to like, just help him take down gray Chris. Yeah. Uh, help me out here. Is it ever defined be- if, Great Chris means anything? No, it's okay. just, just kind of like they're they're naming shit. It, it because for people who don't who haven't seen the text and everything like that, it's written as if it's two conjoined words essentially. It's it's kind of like cyberpunky shadowrunny where like corporations have these names. Yeah, it, but there's a lot of other names in here that have that same kind of like naming system, but yeah. like 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 sec unit, which means security unit, com- like you know, like yeah. all those 
So, like, I was wondering, like, does Grey Chris mean something? I doubt it. I'm sure it's just like, uh, you know, like naming a futuristic company. Graymore Chrysanthemum. I like that. Okay. It's pretty. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, so a murder bot, you know, as usual, Incredible Hulk in a TV show style, kind of wanders about, hitches rides, and on their way to this um, to this terraforming platform, mm-hmm. um, they hitch a ride onto a thing along with a survey team who is um, inspecting a terraforming unit. Mm-hmm. He and Once again, Murderbot joins a small crew. You know, he, like Murderbot has, you know, from years of being a security unit, can't help itself from protecting humans and mm-hmm. clients very begrudgingly yes but you know always does it and this time murderbot makes reluctant friends with a super friendly robot straight up robot who's part of the crew who's Mm -hmm. treated like family by this crew murderbot resents this the bot's name is mickey yes oh oh mickey oh mickey um i've said this before i said this before especially last uh episode which you know we're two books in um and I'm wondering how, if you feel it, not to get too far ahead, but like a lot of like the human characters are, aren't as interesting. They're very, they're, they're very blandly drawn. Yeah. Which, on which purpose. makes sense. But like a lot of the, like the robot characters are like the real dynamic ones. Yeah. They're the ones who are truly fleshed out. Yeah. And they tend to also be like foils, as yeah. you say. La- on, on purpose. This is all intentional by Mark. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, totally. Uh, last, in the last book we had Art, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great character. And we yeah, also it had. It was an AI aboard a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was like the, the comfort unit, which is just kind of like. I don't know, like mysterious and creepy a little yeah. bit, but um, and this time we have Mickey. Yeah, Gabriel? Mickey the friendly bot. Yeah, what's why is he friendly? Why is he called? Why why does Murderbot not like Mickey? Because Murderbot has spent their whole life being treated as a piece of property, a piece mm-hmm. of dirt, a second class citizen, and has basically accepted that it's not going to get any appreciation, love, or respect, and doesn't expect any of it either. Mm-hmm. It says fine, but you know, Murderbot has some petulant emotions being a part human, mm-hmm. but you know, it denies that. Like, a Murderbot often narrates like a petulant teenager, which is part of the charm. Mm-hmm. And Murderbot, even if Murderbot can't express it, has a certain resentment that Mickey's treated with love and respect. Yes. It's kind of like never having love in your life. And then there's like a googly couple next to you. Uh-huh. It's being, fuck you. Like a hard PDA couple. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and again, maybe it was, maybe it was a little more tolerable in book format, but yeah, the audiobook. Oh man. Oh, it was fine oh. in book form. I just thought they were just kind of like, like buds. Oh my God. No, it was, it was, it sounded like uh, Scotty Ackerman doing his impression of Woody Allen. In oh jeez. Like the, come on, baby. I need <laughs> you. I love you. Like it, it sounded like that. Gross. <laughs> Yeah, so like, who's the narrator again for your audiobook version? He's he's actually very good. I think the um apparently like the think the first one won a bunch of awards. Yeah, Daniel's been listening to the series on audiobook. I've been reading it in on an ebook. Yeah, I read the first one ebook, last one, and this one I did audiobook. I'm really excited for the next one because I own the copy. Hey, physical copy, I should say. Really? When did that happen? Yeah, uh, when I was at the old last bookstore in L.A., hey, uh, I managed to buy. It was the only used copy they had there. The fourth book used. Tight. Was... I got a copy of Satan is Real by Charlie Leuven, the story of the country um group, the Leuven Brothers. Hey, it's yeah, a great yeah. read so far. Yeah, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. What is what exciting thing happens that kind of changes the gears of everything? I'm pretty sure I'd read any book called Satan is Real. Satan is Real. It's a good. Great title Actually. so um in normal murderbot fashion Satan is real the cold play story <laughs> um, they're, hey they're a rock band they're all going to hell true um in, in, in what i feel is kind of formulaic style by now murderbot um kind of escorts this team mm-hmm. first from a distance and then in person pretending to be like another like consultant 
but you know that's not really that important mm-hmm. and if, so there's not too much to tell um uh some hum- augmented humans who are the actual security for the team turn out to be kind of betraying them mm-hmm. there are combat unit bro- robots on this uh <clears throat> on this terraforming platform um someone gets captured Murderbot saves them i find out there's being there's some traitors on board mm-hmm. action scenes and then um climax uh they're escaping one of the one of the combat units um is clinging to the thing alien style mm-hmm. and poor mickey sacrifices their own life to save the crew yes. and Murderbot. Murderbots, who's been, you know, like, begrudgingly, like, befriending the thing, finally starts icing out Mickey because Mickey kind of, like, rats him out a little bit, being like, <laughs> for the safety of everyone, I need to tell them you're not, you're, you're a free sec unit helping us out. And Murderbot's like, I see how it is, dick. Yeah. And then poor Mickey sacrifices their own life to yeah. fight this <clears throat> combat unit. Yeah, the, uh, interesting, like, Mickey seems to make, quote-unquote, choices mm-hmm. that, um... At least Murderbot, from its perspective, is very, uh, like, it, it kind of, like, personifies Mickey a little bit. Yeah. Um, even though, like, essentially it does adhere to, like, its its coding, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, ta- like, tattling on... Well, first, like, actually bending the truth to protect Murderbot. Yes. Then tattling on Murderbot. Mm-hmm. And at the end, essentially uh, denying a, a command from its owner to sacrifice itself and everything yeah. like that. Like it all works to its coding, mm-hmm. but like it's always given like kind of like per, like a personable kind of like, it's like, yeah. oh, it made that choice kind of. It, it is it is very sweet. It is very clever and it is well-written. Yes. Also, I want to point out- oh, And then Murderbot continues on their merry way, having gotten the data they wanted yes. against Grey Chris. <clears throat> and essentially, like I think it ends with uh, Murderbot going, uh, uh, heading towards Dr. Mensa, being like, yeah. I will deliver it in person. I'm finally going to go to preservation where I was initially ran away from. Yes. I, I want to say, I think the um, I think the narrator of the audiobooks is also some kind of robot trying to pass as person. I see. Because its name is uh, Kevin R. Free. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin R. Free. Hello, my name is Kevin R. Free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's my name. I have a belly button. And, and it's mine. It's like, oh, thank God I didn't call myself Kevin is free. That would have been too <laughs> close. Yep. Uh, Gabriel, yes, uh, fantastic job uh, guiding us Thanks, to homie. what happens in this thing, my Bob. Um, but I tell you what. Yeah. We need to go on break. Mm. And when we come back, yeah. we have a game to play. Tight. And after that game, mm-hmm. then we'll talk about how we feel. Murder bot. Gabriel? Yep. Throw us to break. Okie chokey. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Dear listener readers. Slow reading. Slow reading to slow readers. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. Hey. And here we are, like two friends talking about a book they read. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And about 170 hours of this exists? Oh, yeah, at least. What episode number are we there at? Has to be, uh, 168. I think this is 168. Wow. I think last week's was 167. Hot diggity daffodil. Yeah. But Gabriel, yep. we're not sitting here fucking thumbs up our asses talking Believe about how many not. fucking episodes we have. Uh-huh. We have a game to play. We have a game to play, and I made it. Oh, no. Daniel, I, I, I like to think I know you pretty well. <laughs> and I like to think that you know... 
some of these quotes very well. So, okay. Dan, we're doing another one of my classic quote games. I think you're going to like this one. All right. Um, it's going to combine two of your very favorite things. And let me see how much you remember of it. Are, are, they, uh, are they The Wanderers by Dick Money and, yes. and Beat Poets? Yeah, again, believe it or not. Um, actually, it's kind of a continuation. Uh, I, almost, I almost called you Gabe. Wow. That's never happened before. That's, that's remarkable. Yeah. So... Um, Daniel, it's time for another round of Big Dick Lovin'. Oh, shit. We're, so, you know, I'm going to give you a quote. Okay. And you're going to tell me. Okay. Is it a line from a Philip K. Dick story? Okay. Or is it a quote from the seminal 1989 film by Stuart Gordon, Robot Jocks? Oh, uh, for for listeners' sake out there who are like, what is RoboJocks? You gotta see it. Let me tell you. Uh, in my grandmother's house, one of the VHSs that was wildly circulated between me and my brother mm-hmm. uh, was Ro- was Robot Jocks, which is apparently is not called RoboJocks. It's Robot Jocks. Yeah, which is like a missed opportunity. Seriously, it is a movie about people who fight each other in giant robots. In, it's American all right, all right. Gundam shit. Hold the fucking phone here. Okay. Let me tell you what goddamn Robot Jocks oh, please do. is about. Go ahead. Uh, from the director of fucking um, uh, Reanimator, from which the dir- is rad. Yeah, go- Gordon Stewart. Stewart Gordon. S- the other way around, whatever. Yeah. Two first names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, basically, in the future, war is outlawed, and basically all... Yeah, don't... don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> this movie's a work of art, all right? Love it. Uh, and war is outlawed, and basically every country out there, when they have a dispute to settle, they have... Their pilots operate a giant fucking robot. Yep. And they fight to the robot death. (laughs) (laughs) Although, villainous Russian bad guy. Alexander. Alexander, uh, it tends to be kind of murderous and keeps calling out the the American hero and one of the- Achilles. Yeah. One of the best film lines of all time, Achilles! (laughs) So, Daniel, um, there aren't that many quotes of this available online, believe it or not. (laughs) So, I had to watch a YouTube video titled, Robot Jock's Best Lines. Okay. And it's, yeah. Um, I think you can watch this. I have not movie. seen this film. <laughs> I can't wait to okay. see it. Okay. I, mean, I already, I love Stuart Gordon's work. Yeah. So, can't wait. So, Daniel, are you ready? I mean, really, if you don't ace this, I mean, I hope you do. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, hey, I could not. I okay. <laughs> Daniel, would you rather I read these quotes as flatly as possible or as much of my approximation of Alexander's voice as possible? Uh, no, read them as flatly as possible, unfortunately. Okay. All right, Daniel, here we go. Quote number one. Mm-hmm. Please keep score because I never remember. Hear the Will music. Do. I will make your death interesting. Is that a line from a Philip K. Dick story, or is that Robot Jocks? <laughs> Gabriel? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the villain of Robot Jocks. <laughs> Correct. That is Alexander. It's uh, fa- it's something like um like I don't fight tubies like you. <laughs> it's like yeah, well I'm gonna fight you anyway. It's like I will make your death interesting. <laughs> I'm giving him H.R. Giger's voice. Yeah, you're, for some reason, he sounds nothing like that. Yeah, no, he sounds more like Tommy Wiseau. Uh, there's one line. There's one line. I, I'll hold back on it, but it's, okay. one of, it's one of my favorite ones that I always want to say. It might be in here. Okay, it probably is. Here's your next one, Daniel. You got one point. <laughs> okay, one point. Out of how many, by the way? Oh, out of seven. Okay. I believe. Yeah. Okay, this one's a conversation. You're making my beer curdle, and you, you make my drink taste like blood. Is that Philip K. Dick, or is that Stuart Gordon's Robot Jocks? You know, I, I think it probably is Robot Jocks, but I'm going to guess Philip K. Dick. Okay, okay, okay. 
Okay. That is a conversation between Achilles and Alexander. Okay. All right. It's glorious. Okay. Are, are all the quotes from Alexander, by the way? No. Well, no, actually, no. And you make my drink taste like blood. Yes. Now he's Dracula? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, that's his accent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, here's your next quote. Here's a good one. Mm-hmm. Fish can't carry guns. That's, Daniel. That's dick? Okay. <laughs> I think so? Some, that's some dick. Hey. Correct. That is from Vallis. All right, I bought that book and try to read it. Yeah, apparently one, Fish Can't Gary Guns. One of the many Philip K. Dick books I try to read. And failed to? <laughs> tried. <Hey. laughs> Here's your next quote. Are you ready, Daniel? Mm-hmm. You're a lot of things, but you're not a coward. I'm going to get in this thing and kick your ass. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to guess that's Robot Jocks. That has to be Robot Jocks. Aye. That is Achilles. So it's basically um, uh, Alexander's in his thing being like, ah, I will crush you two like bugs. <laughs> and Achilles is like, you're a lot of things, Alexander, but you're not a coward. Uh-huh. I'm going to get it. No, I'm going to get in this thing that- and kick your ass. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking rad. The, the, uh, there are no major actors in this movie, by the way, unfortunately. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah, okay. Like, okay. Here's your next quote, Dan. Soil is just dirt. Yeah, that's dick. Oh. Incorrect. There's um that is Tex, the Texan. Yeah. I believe it's something like the the command is like uh um you're not to allow the Russian spill a drop on our Confederation soil. Okay. And Tex is like soil's just dirt. <laughs> it needed it needs all these accents. Then it'd be so easy. It's like yeah. like Tex, if you can believe it out there, listener readers is a Texan guy yeah. with a cowboy hat and I think an American windbreaker? Yes. Like American flag windbreaker? I think. I think so. Um, there's a scene that I saw that I wanted to pull a clip from, but it's just I just couldn't find the right thing. Uh-huh. It's Achilles in Tex, like in a training center. This little old lady hands him little tubes and it's like, we need samples of your DNA. Uh-huh. And they're like, our DNA? And it's like, you know what I mean? Just in case we have someone, can, we can reproduce you afterwards if you're, because you're one of the biggest robot jocks. And Tex is like, you're not going to get any of my DNA. <laughs> and Achilles is like, what if I'd rather do it via direct deposit? Looking at sexy girls. Means it means semen. Blasting a semen into her? Yes, sir. Depositor, depository? Anyway. Correct. Gabriel, next one. All right, next one. <laughs> Here is your penultimate quote, Daniel. Okay. I can't read... But I'm not dumb. Don't pull that shit on me. Is that a Philip K. Dick quote? I'm gonna say that's RoboJax. I keep getting them wrong. So I'm gonna guess RoboJax. All right. Follow your heart, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like the the commander is like, 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 don't pull that contract shit on me. It's like, and then like Achilles is like, I can't read, but I'm not dumb. I'm like <laughs> what? It's a, there's again. Some, I haven't seen this movie, listeners. There, I only saw clips. There are some wonderful Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon. Okay. Stuart Gordon, like, isms with, like, like it being a science fiction it. in the future. Like, for example, like, um, like at some point, the family is like, we had, we're having meat. And, she, like, like Achilles' mother opens the thing, and there's, like, a single hot dog. And it's like, <laughs> wow. Great. Because it's like, get it, the future. Daniel, what's your score? Uh, four out of six at this point. All right. Here's your final one. I think you already won. But okay. let's see if you can go for the above average. Okay. If I'd known it was harmless, I'd have killed it myself. Daniel, is that some dick or is that some jocks? 
I'm gonna guess that's dick because I don't think there's anything that would be killed as in an it. Because I don't think they would talk about their machines that way. So I'm gonna guess dick. Hey. Daniel, you continue to be the dick lover supreme because that is from a scanner darkly. Ah, uh, take that, Doctor Phil. Take that, Doctor Phil, the Whip Around Podcast, our yeah. dear friends. Gabriel, let mm-hmm. me ta- let me tell you my the two favorite robot jacks quotes in the world. Please do. I think you said it right there when during the th- uh, when they're uh, uh, Achilles and uh, Al- Alexander are in the room together. Mm-hmm. Alexander uh, says to Achilles, "Yes, I will crush you like bug." Yep, love it. There's that. That's Mm -hmm. been stuck on my head since I've been a child. (laughs) Uh, Also, um, Tex turns out to be some kind of like traitor to the nation, (gasps) and he gets discovered. And he's like, it's like this close up of him starting to sweat, kind of like like breaking under like the stress of people being like, "Are you betraying the nation?" (laughs) And his thing is sweating. He goes, "And I'll see you in hell." (laughs) And he turns, runs jumps down goes Geronimo jumps down like an elevator shoot or something like that with like no that's under construction hits the ground and everyone looks down and he's like dead down there <laughs> Jesus <laughs> alright but his delivery of I'll see you in hell and then, then kills, kills himself, himself. <laughs> also by jumping to his death yelling Geronimo wow um yeah let's watch this movie good movie I, think I can't on, wait I think it's on YouTube oh great I, I was gonna so. I thought we should rent it in proper HD glory but alright let's right. see I'll, I'll look at that but anyway, right, anyway. Gabriel fantastic uh, game I knew you'd enjoy it. That was yeah, it was a lot of fun. I love talking about robot shocks. I know you love talking about robot shocks. But that said, we mm-hmm. need to stop playing grab ass. Okay, okay. We need to go to break. Alright. When we come back, we've got to talk about books. Cool, dude. Let's break. Oh, welcome back. Hi. Dear listener readers. What's happening? To moderately entertaining Robot Jocks. Robot Jocks. <laughs> Uh, that's a good title right there. Moderately entertaining robot jocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'd watch that. I like, like that. Like you do like a, just do dramatic line readings of it, holding like my like cardboard box robot outfits. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan of that. I like that. It'd be great. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. So let's make the girls of the new exciting film podcast, AP film, do that movie. Yeah. Y'all know that like, cause we're kind of recording this in advance. Cause one of us is going on a little vacation. A little vacay. Um, but like, yeah, uh, you know, that show is probably out by now Hey. or it's coming out this week when this is released. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's the future. No, that was past. Uh, well, te- well, yeah, this is coming out in present time next a week from now. We'll get to it in plugs. So, all right. Gabriel, mm-hmm. speaking of plugs. Hello. I want you to plug your emotions okay. on Rogue Protocol. You pl- plug into my data jack? Pl- plug in your ja- data jerk. Shadow run. Yeah. All right. You know that's not, you know, that's what's Ghost in the Shell. That's what invented that shit. What? D- uh, the the jacks in the back of the neck. That's yeah. What, that's Ghost in the Shell that invented that. No, I'm pretty sure Neuromancer invented that. That's a good question. Did Neuromancer, did Neuromancer, Neuromancer came out first, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. What's I'm almost certain. What year is Ghost in the Shell? Goes uh the uh came out in like the eight like the eighties slash early nineties I think I mean, I'm almost certain Neuromancer was the first okay new yeah Neuromancer is like the eighties yeah I Neuromancer can't... was like eighty one I'm uh, I'm not familiar I tried reading Neuromancer I I had a hard time I never finished it but I love oh. it uh yeah Neuromancer nineteen eighty four mm-hmm. yeah so that's definitely that's like yeah anyway anyway so <laughs> rule protocol um Daniel I gotta admit this series is kind of starting to lose a little luster for me. Like, um, book two, whose title I already forgot, Artificial Condition, big step up from uh, All Systems Red, the first book, Mm -hmm. because art is such a great, interesting foil, like the the know-it-all, like, robot transport, Mm -hmm. love that character. Yes. And I felt that it it took a bold step in a new direction. 
Yeah, big, yeah as you described it, a little more cyberpunky with that yeah. last one. Yeah. And this one felt like it felt like a, a genuine step back to me where mm-hmm. I I found myself like like fading interest repeatedly. I fell asleep twice reading it today. <laughs> uh-huh. And it, it's it's still good. This is still tight, fun, exciting genre storytelling. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I did hope that every maybe maybe I was hoping against like realistic expectations. I was hoping each novella would get better and better, building to like the first novel in the collection, which would be like everything I wanted from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought that nothing new or interesting happened in this, and I felt that Mickey was just a little bit more of like a, a different kind of rehash. I don't know. <clears throat> I I, yeah. I like Mickey a lot. I like the little adventure, but. I mean, I, I found it difficult to recap this because I just nothing, ex- nothing too exciting happened to me here. Yeah, when um, b- before I record, uh, I I read the uh, the Wikipedia entries mm. uh, for these books, um, and like, like if it, if it's like four paragraphs, the second paragraph begins like almost over halfway through when like the the combat. Uh, robots attack them yeah which like and i do feel like this, these stories don't start getting interesting until 50 pages in i slog through 50 pages of setup of location <clears throat> yeah and then something interesting happens or then we meet the foil oddly, so. oddly enough for that last one like the first like 100 pages of setup were like my favorite because like mm-hmm. i was actually thinking like dude is this whole fucking book oh, gonna that's be that's why it was great yeah like because art was a great character mm-hmm. and as much as mickey is a foil Again, maybe this is me just not liking it the way the guy been read the it. Audiobook. It just yeah, just like to hear like that fucking. I should play it for you. Oh please uh, do if you can summon it right now. It'll be, it'll be hilarious. I, just, I won't be able to just like find some line in there by oh, skimming through fine. it. Um, but well, no, I mean but, reading it myself. Really, I told you. I, I in the voice for me, it was it was Bmel from Adventure Time, like a a a, a girl of a slight Korean accent. That was yes. my that was my reading in my brain. Yeah, no, I I would I probably would have thought that. I would have thought of it more as like an actual child instead of instead of sounding like some guy doing some diaper play kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's what it just kind of sounded like. It was just I don't know. Maybe gross. Yeah. Um but so altogether, uh-huh. it was another fun it, it was like a middle episode of The Mandalorian where I'm like this is this is fun. I like this. Yeah. Um but I'd rather see some story happening rather than, you know, so, like I felt like a, a retreat of another generic space adventure. Yeah. Because that's, that's really, again, artificial condition, I felt was going places. There was there was advancement in plot and personality. Murderbot finds out more about itself, and it meets both a a rogue um, sex bot, and it makes friends with a, a, like a transport. That's mm-hmm. really cool. In this one, Murderbot gets some data to bring to Dr. Mensa and <sighs> discovers it resents a free bot. It, and it, I felt like that could have been done in, tw- in 30 pages of a novel. And it said this is 150 pages with yeah. some cool action, I guess. So yeah, like a uh, kind of like in a similar way. Yeah. Your thoughts, Daniel, co-host? Like, is that like you know? So it's like no, I can totally understand. I can totally feel that. Like, I, I was expect. I keep expecting either this one or this last one to have like especially like kind of like darker moments to kind of mm. disillusion Murderbot a little bit. Yeah, and it never really happens. Mm-hmm. And I, this is the third time I'll say this is that and like listen, this is just me. But, like, I kind of want the story to take darker turns. Yeah. But it's not going to do that. 
We don't know that. Uh, it hasn't. I mean, it has, oh, yeah. it had <laughs> so far it had two it had two prime chances. It had three prime chances every time. Like before, towards these, like I thought at the end of uh, All Systems Red, the first one, mm-hmm. I thought that essentially it like oh, like oh, this is gonna end with him basically failing to save the humans. Yeah, that's I'm waiting for that too. And I expect every book that to happen. I kept thinking because again, listening to the audiobook, I can't like go back and kind of like reread sections that maybe I didn't follow. Mm-hmm. That like it's like, oh, did all the humans just die? And it's like, oh, just Nikki or whatever. Yeah, just uh, Mickey. Um but like I keep expecting that to happen and no, it hasn't hap- No no human um uh, cargo not cargo um uh, his like a uh, murder bots like like uh, protectees. No one's died yet. Uh, what uh, what about uh, Tappan Tapan? Oh, that was that's yeah. right. Yeah, well, that, that was cool. There's I like one, that. and that was a really great, and that was also fairly dark because yeah. you saw you again saw... another reason why a really artificial condition is the best one so far. Yeah, no, uh, I, I'm because def- he did fail to save her. I'm totally agreeing with that because also it had that really dark moment. Where you see Murderbot like stop being like like it's like pretending to be like a person and like essentially yeah. is a person and follow its programming. And yeah, I, I like the whole. Not to jump ahead to my hazy memory, but it's the whole premise that when a robot threatens you, it's not a threat. It's just telling you what it's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's actually a good point. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and besides that, I I don't think I have anything else I really want to say. Oh. Yeah, was, that, was that slight for you? Here, Yeah. It's a little bit forgettable. It had it, like I was entertained throughout it, but mm-hmm. ultimately it was like a little too like kind of like in one end out the other. In Daniel's gaming corner, what were you playing while you listened to this? Uh, Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Um, yeah, uh, I started playing Bloodborne again. Um, fucking deal with it, guys. Uh, but uh, <laughs> take that, all you from software haters. <laughs> take that, you people out there like me. Uh, that said, real quick, um, if I'm going to make one little, I, again, I keep wanting these stories to be a little darker. Yeah. You know what else I keep kind of hoping that they're going to do, but they haven't really done it yet. What? Is to make like a really For salt... murder bot the fuck? It, well, first off, fuck. Fuck. Uh, but second off, have like a really good vi- villain in this way. Mm. Uh, this has a, as you pointed out last time with the cyberpunk connection is that like, uh, the villains of these, bo- this book is essentially a mega corporation yeah. that essentially to like, kind of like pursue, you know, a bigger gross than last quarter. Mm-hmm. They like callously will just like be like, Oh, people will die, but we're, you know. Yeah. I think that's, that's the benefit of a, of a cyberpunk kind of adventure, but what, what Martha Wells is doing. Yeah. It is that thing that you your, your villain of a story is often just a corporate stooge, like Talacy. Talacy yes. is corporate evil because Talacy has an agenda and it doesn't matter if people die. Uh-huh. And then when Murderbot, who <laughs> has bucked the whole system by being a, uh, a an autonomous sec unit, uh-huh. Like wants revenge, you're gonna get fucking destroyed by a second by murder. Horribly bot. destroyed. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's such a great like yeah. tight, quick, violent climax. Well, because what I what I always want, mm-hmm. and I want them to really take. Tell a, me what you want, what you really really want. I really want like a villain who's just like like the ultimate kind of like middle management kind of person. Sure. Uh, like for example, um, what's uh, his fucking nuts from Rogue One? Kind of, yeah. Actually, he would like. I would love if this actually had a villain like that person. Yeah. Or I was thinking like even more like essentially quote unquote harmless. Sure. Um. There's a movie out there called The Assistant. Which, oh yeah. Not to get into it and whatnot is like. Can't bas- wait to see that. It's basically like a, a story about it's in the day of the life of like an assistant to like a movie studio played at, by Julia Garner. Uh, working like a dingy like New York City office essentially, mm-hmm. and essentially like in throughout her day she kind of like 
figures out that her boss is essentially like a Harvey Weinstein type person. Yeah. Um, and it's all about how everyone in that thing is quietly complicit. Yeah. Quietly. It's uh, it's about why she's somebody who discovers it happened, tries to do something, and ultimately is kind of like, not even bullied, but just kind of like... Shut out. Just shut out. And like, but the Harvey Weinstein character doesn't actually show up. Mm-hmm. The only like real life kind of antagonist who's actually physically there is fucking Matthew McFadden. Mm. And so like essentially the when fads. when she tries to do something and say something, like kind of put this really ugly and really difficult and challenging thing into words, mm-hmm. like Matthew McFadden middle manages her into the Wait, ground. Have you seen it already? No, I've oh, seen okay. clips. Oh sure. Um but because essentially like she'll be like, I found I, I'm suspect any and like his reaction is that like, oh do you normally pick things off the floor? Because we have an entire team that does this. Like you can't be like that sort of like like harmless evil, Love you know, that. like hey, like I, yeah. if 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 Matthew McFadden wants to be the villain in anything, I'm in. <laughs> yes. For those of you who don't know who Matthew McFadden is, he's Tom from Succession. Yeah, and he's all he also played Mr. Darcy in the mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice movie version of Karen Knightley by our darling Joe Wright. Yeah, our favorite, <laughs> our fucking favorite. No, but but if you guys haven't seen Succession, Matthew McFadden, Tom is just the very best part of that show. Yeah, like it's phenomenal. Like three episodes, and he becomes like the best. Yeah, no, easily. But like, uh, but I'm sorry, that's a long. Where I was saying it's like I hope I keep I keep wanting expecting a character like that or like uh, Tilda Swinton and, and Michael Clayton or something like yeah, that. Yeah, great, you know? great, like and not villain, just an antagonist who's just yeah. complicit in a system. Yeah, like someone who does makes horrible decisions yeah. for for yeah. But yeah. No, I, I keep... again, that's why I have such a problem with Spectre. <laughs> God because why? Oh, well, do you want just want a character who's going to be like I'm the author of all your uh, tragedies or whatever? Yes, apparently, apparently this this worldwide mm-hmm. evil corporation is all about James Bond. Boring. And, and his brother. And his fucking brother. <laughs> boring. Also fucking Blo- boring. Blofield being his brother. Was that Haggis? Did Haggis do that one? Uh, that's a good. You know what? You know what actually is upsetting. I think Haggis had less to do with that than uh, one of my favorite screenwriters, John Logan. Oh right. I love John Logan, and he's been writing a lot of like the Daniel Craig Bond movies, yeah. and he's been fucking killing it. Yeah, but unfortunately, that one didn't kill. God, him. I hated that so goddamn much. I think he's actually gone on the. He he stated like, yeah, look, that that was the whole keeping Blowfield a secret thing. It's like I wasn't a fan of that. Whatever, yeah, you know. John Harrison. Uh, John Harris. He, um, yeah, that, that that was from the Star Trek uh, Into, Into Darkness. Darkness. Yeah. That anyway, was, so, but I'm sorry, roundabout way, uh, me saying that. But essentially, like, we don't know it, has, it won't happen. So o- let's hope. Overall, like, I like it. Yeah, but hopefully you know. this was just a sidestep. And yeah. hopefully the next one's going to be better. I, I'm hoping that it's going to lead to the novel being what we want. Well, here's the thing is that I... Ch- I mean, Martha Wells is no slouch. She, she ain't no slouch. She writes Magic the Gathering. She does. Uh, Gabriel. Yes, I, I I highly expect that these four, f- first four books are essentially like a novel, essentially if you put them together. So like the yeah, la- yeah, the yeah. next one is actually going to be the climax and kind of ending to... Like, what is it called, speaking. Daniel? Uh, exit strategy. Oh, I can't believe you pulled that out. Yes. No, I have the physical copy. Oh, that's, that's why I remember. right. It was the one book that I knew besides all systems read for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it, uh, just so you know, because again, also for the listeners out there, again, there's these first four novellas. Yeah. Uh, just very recently, uh, the full length novel came out. Mm-hmm. Network effect. <laughs> um, and then a year from now, there's another novella called, uh, <laughs> Fugitive Trajectory. Oh, my God. And that also happens before the novel. Mm. So, like, yeah. Make okay. of that what you will. A wind with the keyhole? 
Went through the keyhole, essentially. Yeah, she's doing that whole thing. All right. That's a Stephen King Dark Tower reference. Gabriel! Yes, Daniel! Uh, there's one little thing we need to do talking about this book in particular. Okay. Brought to us by our old perverted fucking friends from the East Coast. Yeah, our sexy stepsister podcast. Some nasty old host. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the Whip Around Podcast, boyos. Whip Around is one word for all your weird news needs for all you desire out of the macabre and science. Listen to Dr. Philip Orta and Shawnee Behave talk about whatever the fuck's happening in the world whatever the fuck gabriel do you also have it really are you struggling to call him sean b hayes sean hayes now now that we shawnee be horny we've established he's shawnee be horny on the show uh it's so hard to go back to that it really is Mm -hmm. i can't say it like in in like the swing of saying his name absolutely gabriel yep years from now when you remember having when first off you struggle to remember the name of this book (laughs) yes uh and you're like oh murderbot three yeah Um, there you go like, what? what is that thing that comes to your mind? What is your hazy memory? I'm going to remember the haziest of memories, besides that line I told you about, the whole mm-hmm. robot threat thing, is is the, is Mickey sacrificing itself. That mm. was a that was a great, like, emotional beat. And I like that Murderbot, like, glazes over it because it's clearly an element of denial. Yeah. Which I think is, is cool. I like that a lot. And it kind of, it, it's an emotional cliffhanger. You know it's over, but so it's gonna be a thin him always, a thin them always. Mm-hmm. So that's really, I mean, this one was f- is gonna be fairly forgettable for me. Mm-hmm. Other than oh, it had be- it had BMO in it. <laughs> what about you, Daniel? What is your hazy memory? <sighs> I wish I wish I went into this being like oh BMO and said it's like perverted <laughs> diaper wearing bad uh, big boy bot. Uh, yeah. Uh. I th- I told on you, but where are you? Come on, babe. I'm gonna protect my friend. Uh, Hazy Memories, that's a good point. Like, because honestly, thinking about this, it is going to be that fucking tone. That's going to be stuck in my fucking head forever. (laughs) It really is, unfortunately. That's great. Gabriel, let's shove this stupid fucking book aside. Bye. Now, here's the thing. Okay. Next week, Mm -hmm. we have the fourth and final book of the first arc. Novellas, yeah. The novella arc, um, Exit Strategy. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I think we're going to stop doing Murderbot for a little bit, maybe? Yeah, I think we're going to do a couple short stories. We're going to do a guest appearance from a friend. Mm-hmm. And then I think I, I, we're going to have two two to four uh, middle episodes. Then we're going to do uh, Social Network Yeah, Social two. Network. You got it. Social yeah. Network 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Vin- the Vinker Voss's return. Sure. <laughs> Zuck Goes Hawaiian. Zuck Goes Hawaiian. There you go. Uh, but that said, next time, exit strategy. Gabriel! Yeah! This little thing I want you to do right now. Okay. And I want you to plug. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you haven't heard it already, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories. It's a cultural heritage documentary podcast about the Asian American experience. Um, season two is going strong. They're crushing it. They're doing wonderful storytelling about the Asian reaction to COVID. It's <laughs> heavy, heavy shit. Um, my episode was part of season one, the talk we were supposed to have, episode three. It goes into my life story. It's very, very heavy stuff, but I, I'm very proud of it. It sounded like your wife's story. My wife stole it. My, my wife stole it. Marriage. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say about that? Princess Bride. I got it. It took yeah. me a moment. I was there like, what's go. that voice? Okay. Yeah, so um, give that a listen. I'm very, very proud of it. It was featured on both San Francisco Public Radio and the AV Club. So your boy's a celebrity. Mm. Um, by now, it'll have dropped... Please check out our brand new show from Top Gallant Radio. It is called AP Film, taught by film school professionals, or AP Film for short, where two young ladies, um, one is a, they're both vaguely 
film school e affiliated. No, they're they're they two pretend e- to they be pretend, in film. So, they're liars. Yeah, there are two they're, women who yeah. went to who went to Villanova University and who were part of the film program but did not go to film school and because they did not go to film school are making their own film school yeah. so they are watching movies every week they set up a syllabus of a theme like occult films um a favorite coming up soon is called do teenagers really talk like that and um so please give them a listen it's katie Kamet's frequent guest on the show and malu marones they are they are awesome and i love the show already and even if i didn't know them i'd like it so if you like film mm-hmm. if you like two two gals um, shouting fuck you at each other about um, Heathers. Um, this is the show for you. So please give that a lesson and follow me on Instagram at read.richards, read like reading a book. Mm-hmm. Daniel! Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Top Count Radio and Instagram at Previously Slow Readers. I think I might change it to a general Top Gallant kind of radio what? kind of thing in the future. Uh, more on that. I thought you had future. a Top Gallant Instagram. I did, and then I got rid of it because I wasn't using it. And okay. now I think I want to transfer, uh, transform the Slow Readers one into that. So okay. We'll see. I mean, whatever. Okay. Uh, but anyway, you can also buy my fiction right now on, uh, I almost said Instagram. Uh, you can buy all my fiction right now anywhere you get your ebooks. Daniel, <laughs> publish uh-huh. one of your books. Post by post on Instagram. That's not a bad idea. And I'm with sure music. I feel like it's done before. Oh, with music? That's with nice. music. <laughs> uh, and w- w- uh, uh, the, the music is going to be, uh, it's just all music by lit. <laughs> sure. Or do that thing, um, uh, that SNL ge- SNL gag where it's virtual reality books. And um, it's like, you can read, um, uh, you can read uh, Moby Dick. And it's a book and every word is a page. It's <laughs> call, page turn, me, Page turn, Ishmael. <laughs> Read these books um, through virtual reality. I remember that one. That's a good one. Also, I just want to say, anywhere you get your ebooks, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that, and I do want to say that again. Like uh, I think when this came out, comes out. Uh, the, oh, you didn't say the names of your books. I, I think what's that? You didn't say the names. Of your yeah, books. the names of the books are the Shadow from the Deep and a Cook in the Kingdom. Woo. Uh, but yeah, no. When this comes out, um, I think the f- maybe the uh, the sixth. Yeah, the sixth and final part, I think it's coming out this week, of Guru, hey. The Dark Side of Enlightenment, uh, a wondery show that I contributed in. Yay. And basically, at the end of part six, you get to hear my name at the very end of the credits. Yay. I'm the very last one. Daniel's a pro. I'm a pro. I'm a professional. Go pro. And uh, yeah, so check that out. It's really fucking interesting. If you're familiar with wondery out there, it is like a very well done, uh, interesting story, very dark. And it also, again, it has like a really fantastic like kind of it really defines your uh, your view on certain things especially in this in terms of like the whole self go help self-help guru industry yeah uh, like it's not it's not even entirely like negative either it's positive and negative and sure. points out why either works gotcha so yeah I'm very excited out there if uh people out there listen yeah let me know how you how you feel about that cool I gotta listen to it yet I haven't yeah. done it yet you know I'm, I'm very invested <clears throat> and fascinated by self-help yeah uh and it'll be, yeah it'll be an in- yeah it'll be clearly not also that self-help I mean there's just shit that in there that just makes my skin crawl. Like, Ooh. yeah, the the dude James Arthur Ray. There's a quote in there that uh, it, it's in the episode, but um, how like it's just like it's so gross how much like people will kind of like appropriate like kind of like Eastern spirituality and like all these like philosophies and everything like that, gross. and kind of like twist it to kind of like feeding into like the audience's like greed. It's like yes, be here in this moment, do this and everything like that, and you'll get. A fucking jaguar, you know, like oh God, it's it's awful. really it's in there. It, it, like there's a fucking car horn instead of it from Jesus. the actual like seminars that he's doing. Anyway, uh, but anyway, that's, that's it. That's the uh, that's the end of the show. 
All right. It's really hot. Turn it off. Thanks for the reviews. (laughs) Write us a review. We love you. Bye. What not? Top Gallant Radio. Brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara.